In this episode, Brian stumps me, me, you'll understand that later, we play our favorite game of nostalgic foods, and we each challenge the other to a profound question we've gotten from a client. Self the cue. <laughs> Welcome to the Advanced Selling Podcast, the longest running sales training podcast, or should I say the longest running sales training podcast, created exclusively for sales professionals to help you create your own sales success. I'm Bill Kasky. I'm Brian Neal. We will be your hosts for today's episode. We want you to uh, consume our website, advancedsellingpodcast.com. There's lots of free resources there. And also check out All In, our comprehensive training solution for salespeople. I talked to a guy two days ago yeah. who um, we, we were talking a little bit on the phone. He goes, I bought All In. I got to tell you, it was really good, really good. good. It really helped him. He said it was a way for me to have all the content in one place yeah, at yeah, one time. Yeah, it's really, really good if you've not done that yet. Uh, we were talking in the pre-show a little bit about nostalgic dishes, mm-hmm. which I always think is a fun topic because there was a woman walking around the office here in the um, on the uh, top of the tower here where we record the Advanced Selling Podcast. And top of the tower. 400, 400 employees we have downstairs. And she had this big dish that looked to me like yogurt or ice cream. And yeah. it's, what is it, 8.30 in the morning. And I asked Jenny, I said, hey, is this, uh, is it, does she have ice cream? She goes, no, it's some kind of special bowl. We started talking that it's um, chia pudding. Is that right? It's chia, chia pudding. Chia seeds. And we said chia is like tapioca. Then we lost it <laughs> because I, and I think, Bill, you agree, love tapioca pudding. My mom used to make it. Mm. I think she made mm. it from scratch oh. because it, it. when we did finally start buying those little packages, it never was quite as good. No. But it was warm and she used oh. to, it was heated up and then we'd it's eat the it best. and with milk, used to play basketball and then come in, all Phenomenal. my buddies would have tapioca. Yeah. But you just don't, I don't see you don't it do anymore. You do that. No, you just, no, you Well, you first off, we down. don't play basketball anymore like <laughs> you that do. with all You're our buddies. Your, are you still trying to dunk? Yeah, it's yeah, tough. It's, I've it's got, hard, I got an injury oh, that yeah, is, uh, precluded that. So anyway, tapioca was... Uh, so if you have a nostalgic food, you yeah. can go post that up in what the was LinkedIn yours? group. Uh, well, it was tapioca pudding. Yeah. Same deal. My grandma, uh, my grandma Beatrice B, Grandma B, we called her, she used to make um, everything from scratch. She baked wedding cakes from scratch in her little tiny kitchen and made the frosting and, and, ta- she, and she made everything from scratch. Homemade mm-hmm. tapioca pudding, just fantastic. She made all the icing, homemade, ugh. Just fantastic. She yeah. was wonderful, wonderful. Some of those those old dishes you just don't you don't hear about. No. You know, one other, I was uh, talking to a guy a few weeks ago, and we talked about um, pineapple upside down cake. <laughs> and I don't know if you ever liked that. Always. Oh, my and, aunt Angie made the best <laughs> pineapple upside I don't know what she did. That what made about it Aunt Bede? When I was Grandma, grandma Bede and Aunt Angie. Aunt yeah, going through that the whole was, family here. I've only got Mary. 13 aunts and uncles, so we'll be here for a while. <laughs> and they all cook. <laughs> they all cook, yeah. yeah. With a lot of sugar and yeah, corn syrup, totally, sounds no wonder I got it. So, <laughs> hey, I have a uh, I have a music trivia. Okay, question. Okay, this was a tough one. I'll tell you. Uh, Gary Loizo, 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 Loizo just died. Was, we lost we lost a lot of music. A lot, people, a lot right? of music. Yeah. Gary, I don't Lo- know. I don't know how it's L O I Z Z O. Who is he? This. He's a lead singer of a, a band called American Breed. What song did American Breed sing that was a one hit wonder? American Breed. That was the question I was asked. And I did not know the answer, by the way. I know you, it. You know it. I know you know it. It's tough. Okay, I'm going to give you one. Okay. But I don't, th- I don't think this is a Western Union. It's, no, but it's, it's like that. It's very similar. Yes. That was Jay and the Americans, it was a, Western it's a, Union. It's a, I'll give you a hint. It was a great song. The word me is in it twice. Blank me, blank me. 
Bend me, shape me. Bend me, All shape right, me. Brother. Yeah, you got it. Good, we good had to work. Give me a clue, but so I sent that to one of my music trivia friends, <laughs> uh-huh. and as a good music trivia guy would do, he sent it back. He goes, "Yeah, bend me, shape me." And do you know what group American Breed morphed into? Another '70s group with another one-hit wonder, which I had no I idea. No, this, I have no idea. I'll that. give you a hint, and I didn't know this answer. Shaka Khan was in the group. They have one big one-hit wonder, I think. Um. The song is mm. Tell Me Something Good. Oh, Tell Me Something Good. It is. Who was that? Rufus. 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 That's right. Rufus yeah. with Chaka Yes. Con. But yeah. American Breed morphed into Rufus. <laughs> I did not know this. So, fact checker, Doug. Chaka Khan. Chaka Khan. Chaka Khan. A little pre that. So, fact check that if you would, Doug, just to make sure that we're on track there. But I thought that was fun. American Breed, Bend Me, Shape Me. That was a really good song. Wasn't that a great song? One of our friends that you know, Mike Donahue, uh-huh. he's a big handball player back in the 80s. His handball partner was the drummer for American Breed. How you wow. like that? Isn't that interesting? Comes full circle. They're from Chicago, yeah. doesn't it? Oh, yeah, anyway, okay, right. we could yeah. talk all day, couldn't we? Uh, hey, if you're a salesperson, you know this deal. You know you drive around, you got to save your receipts, you've got appointments with clients, meetings, errands, all that stuff. Unless you're chained to your desk, you're one of us that drives around all day, every day for work, and you got to track your miles. Most of us end up estimating that. I'd be guilty of that before I found our friends at Mile IQ. And when you do that, the problem is you cost yourself money. Most people estimate 20% less than the mileage that they actually drive. Mile IQ is the only mileage tracker that detects, logs, and calculates your drives for you automatically. You don't have to do anything. Mile IQ is easy to use, keeps all your drives securely stored in the cloud. If you drive for work and you're not counting every single mile, then you're, just, you're burning money every time you do that. Uh, in fact, the average Mile IQ user logs $547 a month in drives. That is a lot, a lot of money. If you're guessing on that, you're costing yourself a lot of cash if you're underestimating. Mile IQ does all the work for you, letting you focus on what's most important. That's why they've got a five-star rating, which is really good. A five-star rating on both Google Play and the iTunes App Store. That's really hard to get. So stop wasting time manually tracking your mile, guessing, doing all that. Stop losing money you should be claiming. Try Mile IQ. You can try it for free today by texting SELLING. That's texting. Text the word SELLING to 31996. Text SELLING, S-E-L-L-I-N-G, to 31996. You'll get a free trial for Mile IQ. Do it today. Text SELLING to 31996, and I will uh, attest that is a wonderful, wonderful app for a salesperson. I was playing around the other day, Brian, with some music, and Ah. I I came across a song. And This is a trivia. This is for you. Okay, yeah, yeah, I like this. Yeah, I love this stuff. And uh, I'm going to give you just a hint of what it is, and then I'm going to read a great email that we got from a a fellow by the name of Josh Pankratz, who is a student. And uh, so, what, what do you think? Let, let me see if you ever so heard this or before. Okay, yeah, go. you're just guessing. Yeah. Nice backbeat to it. It's very simple. Sounds like one of those little Casio organs. Yeah. I like that. I like that little. It is. It's very subtle. I okay. like it. You know what the name of it is? No. Born to sell <laughs> it, it, it is it's called born that's to sell the name, that's a, the name of the tune it's bumper music oh obviously born to sell <laughs> no words instrumental yeah so i thought that was cool is, is there a, is there back masking in there that's like telling me that i'm good i'm the number one sales <laughs> probably is or uh there's got to be something you'll never know but if your message, sales no. start to spike oh my god hang you'll on know. i got a call coming in hang on let me close the deal real quick hang on hello this is neil let me yeah, turn the on. music off no don't turn the music off 
<laughs> well, here is a um, here, here's a nice note that we got from a uh, guy named Josh. Bill, Mr. Bill, Mr. Brian. I'm a 22 year old senior business student, at University of Tennessee Tech, where I play baseball. Scheduled to graduate in May. Three months ago, I got a job outside sales rep in Knoxville, Tennessee, with a company called Airgas. I will start in, on June 1st. We begin a six-month training program. After accepting the job, I began to uh, look for things that would help me as I started in sales. A month ago, I came to your podcast, downloaded 20 old episodes. Yeah. Before going any further, I want to say I think the podcasts are absolutely amazing. On my trips to and from my home in South Mississippi, I listen to them, and each time I get so frustrated because every 10 seconds I want to write something down, and I can't <laughs> yeah. because I'm, I'm driving. Yeah. Go ahead. Here's how you do. Take your left knee, put it up on the steering wheel. <laughs> I've never done You've this. You've never I done swear, this, ever. yeah. You saw in a video yeah, probably, ever, didn't you? Yeah. Okay, let's You're do a fine. little interlude here. We'll pop the music up a little bit. A little, is this ever in? A little effect. Is it, is it ever, is it's a loop. The intro? It's a loop. We could, yeah, we could club this up a little. <laughs> yeah. It's a club, club podcast, club sales podcast. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So he says, I find each one that I've listened to uh, to be phenomenal. Can't wait to listen to more. I do want to know, though, when bettering relationships with clients, as far as birthday gifts or tickets to games and things of that nature, how far do you go? Yeah. How much money and effort is to be put into that before you are losing too much? Uh, so what do you think about that? Uh, mm. The question of when bettering relationships, as far as birthday gifts, what's too yeah. much? And he's looking at it maybe from a cost standpoint, which I think is one side of it, the other yeah. side of if it is how it's contrived a, does it become? That to me, it's it's strictly a sincerity thing with those sorts of things. So if you're someone that enjoys doing events like that and you sincerely would give tickets or take people yeah. to ball games or whatever that is, then you do that. You, you, if it's sincere, you're never wrong. You just won't go wrong because you love to do that. If you don't like to do that and you're making yourself, it'll it'll show yeah. through for yeah. sure. So yeah, to me, it's much more about the sincerity. And what you have to be careful because people use that word a lot. They say, I take people to games to build a relationship. That's, and there's the, yeah, the relationship yeah. gets built on you helping people and making their life better off and them giving you money. And then you can go to the baseball game. Yeah. Right. And there's no doubt when you go and break bread with someone, you get a little yeah. deeper relationship. The point is don't don't that becomes that can if be you're the doing trigger. it to do that Correct. to build Correct. relationships, it's the I agree. Part of it. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I yeah. think uh, I think that's good. Birthday gifts, I would say no. Yeah. I, I don't unless you really know that person really well. There's people and we in our family we don't give a lot of birthday gifts no. just because if you did with a family no. of thirty people, no, you, I got I got four kids. They don't get gifts. <laughs> no, screw that. They can buy no. their own gifts. Yeah, Jeez. maybe when they were three they yeah. did, but now they're right. nine. Exactly. Who they cares? Don't care. So I'd say no to birthday gifts, but tickets to games, I think that's good. Uh, golf, unless the person is an avid golfer, I wouldn't do golf. I just feel like it's a long, long, a long time to time. ride in the cart yeah. with somebody that... Probably, I'm projecting on that one too. I just, I just have yeah. no patience for golf. But but if you love but it, you could it. develop a hell of a relationship with six you, hours yeah, of somebody time. in the cart. Yeah. You learn a lot about someone, don't you, when they're spraying the ball all over the fairway or outside <laughs> the their fairway, clubs. Exactly. <laughs> like you do. I do. Wrapping your club. I'm done. A, a hole 12 is my I'm stopping. I just, <laughs> oh, once I get to 12, one. I'm done. Right? <laughs> that's exactly I right. am just done. And we played in that Where, one tournament we a did. few years ago, and that's, you and I both you looked did. at each other at 13. We're like, I, I could go I, in right now. And I don't think we've talked about this. I have not. I've, I've lost my <laughs> golf clubs. <laughs> That was how. That was five years ago. Really, I haven't. I had to buy brand new clubs, I, and that's the last time I had them. I remember it like it was yesterday. We played yeah, in we that, played in that at, transportation uh, outing, yeah, right? Yeah, thing yeah. for Indeed. the fellow who passed away for yeah. logistics. And uh, I've never been able to find my clubs. I bet they're at that course. I'm telling <laughs> oh, you. Oh, you yeah. would have taken them, and I didn't throw them that day. I just yeah. Jeez, okay. <laughs> threw them all at once. Threw them, oh, you threw yeah. them in the lake. Remember? 
Okay, there is some content to this show. <laughs> yeah, we're, this, is a, this is a long rant, but hopefully uh, you're on a long drive like Josh. Correct. All right. Okay, topic today. Yeah, uh, we decided to change up a little bit. And yeah. to- normally what we do is we'll come in with each with a topic for a show, and uh, then we'll just spend a little five, five minutes of quiet time, put the cone of silence down, and yeah. think about what we want to say. But this one's a little bit different because I, I don't know what Brian's going to bring up, and yeah. he doesn't know what I'm going to bring yeah. up. And so we're going to try this, and we'll just talk through some of these things. And this won't be as much, well, it might be, but it's not going to be as much prescriptive maybe as other shows have been. But yeah. you never know. Because we, we don't know. We don't know. We, yeah, we, know we literally coming. don't know the topic. So you're going to bring one up that is client-inspired. I'm going to bring mm-hmm. up a client-inspired, and we're just going to talk and see. So there's there's zero. We, we don't do a lot of prep, but there's like zero. We don't know yeah. what we're talking about. I have here, no idea. So uh, you want me to go so first? So go ahead and bring up your topic uh, on you closing. Sure you want me to go? Okay. <laughs> no. <it's good. laughs> that was funny. Oh, yeah. I like that one. Yeah. So go ahead. So You'd go were first. Were you going to ask me about how to handle uh, questions in the sales process? Is that what you were going to ask me? <laughs> <laughs> well, how, how did you know? It's subliminal day. Mm. All right. Here's mine. You ready? You mean uh, put a little music on? I would not, no, the, that was a little too mesmerizing for me. I might fall asleep or jump off the building. I like that. <laughs> it's, it's such an interesting thing. What is your philosophy on negotiating pricing when you're at the end of a deal? And a client is giving you guidance that basically says, if you can get to here, we've got a deal done. And it's a good bit below what you would normally take a deal at. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a, when do I Mm -hmm. walk away? When Mm -hmm. do I hold ground? Just how do I handle the end of the pricing conversation, negotiate it, just some philosophy, thoughts, ideas you might have, things like that. This Mm -hmm. just came up in a training session yesterday that I did some work on it, but I also left a lot of things open. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's it. That does it for today's show. So, because <laughs> when people ideas, yeah. ask that, I think they want an answer. Well, I don't know. It's I don't want to say that because you I know don't, I, I don't know the client. What were you gonna say? Because I think I was, you're right. I was gonna say they they want an answer on what to yes. yeah. what to say yes, or what to they do. do. Correct. And I think it's really yes. more of a perspective question. Oh God, is there an echo from yesterday in the training room? A perspective of that. I said that almost exact sentence. The, the first thing I would That's think good. about there, and I don't know the the client or the kind of business, but I think is it a new client for this company? Uh, Let's see. Or is it no. a deal with no, a current a, client? No, no. It's it's a, it would be a new client. It would okay. be a new client. Yep. Yep. I always I think that you have to look at the lifetime value of a client. Oh, that's a good answer. So if somebody says I've got a hundred thousand yeah. dollar deal, he or she wants me to to discount ten percent, oh. and you know that clients stay for seven years, and they average uh, you know six and a half times the first pay, whatever that calculation is. That's good. And it becomes it's it's a million dollar client. It's not a ninety thousand dollar client. Then I think you can justify a little bit the discount. Yep. And I know we have said don't discount, don't discount. But I think you have to be smart about it. And and maybe the quid pro quo is get something for it. I always Dan Esposito was one of my uh, first sales leaders when he was at Woods Wire. Yep. And he used to always say it's not the discounting that's bad. It's the discounting and getting nothing for it that's yeah, bad. That's great. That's and so. Really good. You know, so let's first thing you look at it, I think, is lifetime value is what's this lifetime value, not just in total sales, but in margin. Yes. Can, are they going to be a, a, able to refer you to other people? So rather, I just think the thing is spread, pull focus a little bit and look at the whole picture. And then maybe that'll help you know whether discount. I don't like discounting. I think if you discount, it sets up a precedent. Yeah. But uh, I don't think you can say yes or no until you know those other things. That's really good. You said something else in there too. First of all, and I didn't talk about lifetime value yesterday. I wish I would have now. It was day one with this client, so I can always bring it back up and 
give you credit for that because that was a, that's a good thing that, that needs to be there. You also said something subtly that that jumped out at me, and this is where salespeople need to. And you talked about you know broadening their view. Is you said you need to look at the lifetime value of margin mm-hmm. as much as you do lifetime value of revenue. Right. And salespeople need to listen to that. Sales managers and VPs and owners of companies get that, and that means that you have to look if you're going to sign up for a four year deal at a discounted quote rate. If that's a tight margin, that's risky. Mm-hmm. Right. Even if it's a long term deal, there's risk that if, if you've got really tight, thin margins, that if anything goes wrong, you could end up costing yourself money. Yeah. Better so, not to have it. Yeah, than absolutely. To have it in- and, and that, yeah. And that did come up yesterday. I said, it, you know, sometimes, you know, if you do a deal at 100 and you've got, you know, two points of margin in it and something goes wrong, next thing you know, you're signed up for four years at a negative margin. Yeah. You that's you're just bleeding money. Yeah. You don't want that. Yeah. So that's a really important point. But your point there is that sales professionals who are who aren't always paid on margin need to be at least aware of it. Absolutely. So there's a lifetime value of the revenue, but there's also the lifetime value of the margin. Really, lifetime value in marketing circles is based on the margin. (laughs) Yeah. So I like that. That's a good. uh, So is that is that an answer? Perfect. No, that's great. I love that. Now the pressure's on. Shoot. Here's one. um, It's music. Music trivia. Of course it is. <clears throat> we should start a music trivia podcast, shouldn't we? we should. I would like that. I would, I would yeah. be inspired. But we that. can't play any music because of ASCAP, yeah, so exactly. we'd have to sing it <laughs> or do a cover. <laughs> or you could play it on the Is piano. It's called? Is it an ASCAP? Is it ASCAP? <laughs> Isn't it? I have no idea. American, American Society for... Copywritten American yeah. Production. <laughs> Drosnin, where are you? Doug, fact check ASCAP. Do you have an ASCAP? I don't want to go there. Oh, dear God. All right. That's funny. Okay, so here's mine. Um, I've got a client owner of a company who uh, is an avid reader, and he has read a guy named Cal Newport's book. Okay. And Cal wrote a book several years ago called So Good They Can't Ignore You. Yep. And it uh, came from, I don't know, have we talked about this on the podcast or not? Don't think so. It came from Steve Martin, the, the comedian, oh, yeah. who said back in the late 70s, he was huge. You know, he was huge. He was doing huge. sold out arenas yeah. and yeah. Uh, huge. he was big. And they asked somebody asked him, you know, how did, how did you get to this point? Because you kind of came out of nowhere. He said, well, first off, I didn't come out of nowhere. I've been practicing this act for, yeah. for, dec- for a decade. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, and I tried to get on, on stages and I tried to get with other comedians and nobody would have me because my act was too weird. Yes, it was odd Yeah, and, and funny. It was very funny. And he said, I just finally realized one day I have to become, become so good they can't ignore me. Oh, great, great. And so Cal Newport uh, heard that interview. And, and so the idea of this book, So Good They Can't Ignore You, is how do you become so good at your work? Yes. That you either are obvious, the obvious promotion person, and you're the obvious salesperson who's going to get the gig. Yeah, yeah. And so in that book, he talks about, I'm getting to the point here. Okay. He talks about rare and valuable skills. Okay. And rare and valuable skills are things that you can do that only you can do, and you do them so well that everybody else marvels at that in you. Yep. And, and his question to me is, what are the rare and valuable skills of a salesperson? Oh, wow. And, and how can we take that concept of rare and valuable skills and, and infuse it into our sales force so that we're just so much better? He said, forget about the product and the pricing and the terms and all that. If we are so good at what we do, um, 
we will have a distinct differential advantage in the market. And I agreed with that part. But when he asked me about what are the rare and valuable skills, I think you and I have talked about skills a lot, essential skills. But I don't know if we've ever uh, contexted it in rare and valuable. Right. I think we've said this is what you need to be good at. But I'm wondering if you, as I'm telling the story, and I'll stop and shut up. I like here. it. No, I'm listening. Um, yeah. It gives you a chance. It's got everything but the music. Everything but, you know, what's I it called again? <laughs> born to Sell. Born to Sell. Mm-hmm. Everything but Born to Sell is going on. That makes you think, I've noticed. You're much quicker Very, when that yeah. music is on. So, rare and valuable skills, Brian. What are salespeople's rare and valuable skills? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm typing here a couple notes. When um, we play the Jeopardy music? Uh, no, no. If do you have Born to Sell by mm-hmm. chance in the mm-hmm. playlist? There? I do. Let me yeah, see yeah, if, if I you, can pull that could, up. I don't know if you've got that there in the playlist. That would be nice to hear right now. You don't so. know. <clears> Good you thinking know. music. Um, oh, that's it. Yeah, I love this song. <laughs> mm. Born to Sell. This song is going to get more downloads. It's going to be on the iTunes Hot 100. It All of a sudden, be. the guy who wrote really it. Funny. Like, what the <laughs> heck happened? Yeah, I wrote Here's some little pieces in my favorite part to it, though. Yeah, All of a sudden, kids across America are going to be listening to it. They're going to be in the clubs dancing to yeah. Born to Sell. You guys had Born to Sell? Salesmanship classes will it's go way up. Population. It's like the African anteater dance in Can't Buy Me Love. Google it. It's fantastic. It's an old movie from the 80s. Uh, all right. Here, I've, I've written down three things here. Uh, the first one, I'm, I'm trying to think of things that are out of the ordinary, right? Because you go, oh, they're really good people, people. Like, yeah, okay, so here, this is one that borders on that. The ability to keenly read people and situations mm-hmm. is a rare and valuable skill. Uh, I was in a drill yesterday, and one of the one of the topics the client gave me was to be better listeners. I go, okay, that's great. And this wasn't we weren't working on this topic. We were doing a working a deal with one of the salespeople, and we were questioning her, just asking her background information. And the questions started to get like kind of piercing, yeah, yeah. and I could totally sense she, she was, was getting defensive. She yeah. started to answer quickly shortly shallow sh- yeah. yes and then i said i called timeout which i do i said does anybody sense what's going on i use the word sense on purpose mm-hmm. and everyone's just staring at me they're like we're asking her questions we're finding out information she's dodging and, the questions yeah and then, and then finally someone goes she's getting defensive i'm like she is and i'm like you're getting defensive are you she's like yes mm-hmm. and so the, the sales manager said that was brilliant how do we teach people how to because he goes none of us saw that yeah and Only that's a one. problem. And I don't know how to teach it yet, but it, he gave me a great challenge there is the mm-hmm. ability to read and sense with people like, okay, they're either not okay with something or they're they're really connecting with an element that I didn't think they would. Mm-hmm. Or I know this should be a way to handle this particular deal. Mm-hmm. So um, Yeah, we talk about reading people from the disc standpoint or from yeah, the personality. Well, yeah. he's a driver, he's a dominant. Yeah. But the point is that once you get into the sales process, People give you clues, but if you're not if you're not aware enough yeah. to sense them and react to yes. them, you're going to pe- keep going down the same path. Yeah. And it's way more than just <clears throat> listening to the words. It's observing oh, yeah. the body language, the tone, the speed, the facial expression, and even just some of the energy that you can't explain, but you feel. Mm-hmm. You can just tell. You can sense when people are upset, when they're pensive, when they're questioning and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. So I think that's, that's a good. rare that's a good valuable one. Yeah. skill. Yeah. The, the ability to, in the moment, read people in situations. And that might even be digitally read them too, yes, how they react absolutely. to an email or how they yeah. go get back with you, yeah. how they are on a on a webinar, if you're on a webinar with people. Yeah. So just that keenness, yeah. I like that. I just had this in a sales situation and Jenny was involved in it. And uh, we sent a, a guy, we're trying to follow up to get a deal close. And we sent something to this VP of sales for a date because we hadn't heard. And he just responded back, those dates don't work for me. 
Mm-hmm. And I just didn't like the tone of that. And so I said, to, I, you know, it's nothing against any of us. I said, hey, let me let me hop in and just because I could tell there was something mm-hmm. about that tone. I could be misreading it, but I'm like, I got, you know, mm-hmm. let's get in and go mm-hmm. sort of thing. That's good. So, good point. Uh, OK, second one is and we um, talked about this earlier. You did. And I think this is a rare and valuable skill. The broad horizon view is that we get so myopic in what we do for a living, what we sell and what what we sell does that we miss all of these other things. Going yeah. On. I call this with my clients the pneumatic tube effect. The pneumatic tube, like at the bank, where you push mm-hmm. and whoosh, you know, shoots the little thing and then shoots a sucker back to you mm-hmm. for your kids. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Um, is you go to work in your pneumatic tube and you wake up at work and then you go to your customer and you don't see the world around you. Yeah. And so this is having a, a very rare skill for me as a broad view to understand what's going on in this industry right now. What are the trends, topics, hot buttons? What's the what's the employment, macro employment? Uh, situation doing to affect this particular client or department, mm-hmm. right? Uh, what's the election going to do to this particular line of business? That sort mm-hmm. of stuff. A broad horizon view is really important. And then, yeah, I, I, can I just yeah, uh, add to that? Yeah. Is um, one of Newport's? I, I read this book after my client gave it, uh, sent it to me, and then the other book he's written is called Deep Work, which is about our general inability to do really important work. Yeah. We tend to do the pneumatic tube thing. We go from this to this to this to this, and we yeah. never really take two hours and say, I'm going to study this market so I can understand yeah. what yeah, yeah. impact this economy is going to yes. have on my client. We yeah. don't do that, and we expect our marketing department to do it. They're busy doing their yes. pneumatic tube stuff, yes. so nobody does it. Yes. And then exactly. we never really get deep with anything. Yeah. And then the last one I had, and you're gonna, this is, might surprise you, because it surprised me that I wrote it down is I think a rare and valuable skill is consistent, outward bound prospecting and network behavior. Mm-hmm. I, I even the best salespeople that I know, I think they, they do it in these cycles and they don't do it consistently. And I, I just think that's really rare to find someone that is constantly out in the marketplace with the hand, the pedal, pedal to the metal. I always screw up saying mm-hmm. gas pedal down. Right. Um, and working their network and expanding their reach and their personal brand out in the market. I, I do think that's a rare and valuable skill. Surprising as that is, I think a lot of salespeople left alone won't, won't do that. Yeah. They'll just deal with their customers where it's safe, and then that's it. Yeah, so. I think that's an avoidance thing too, isn't it? I yeah, mean, we're yeah. just avoiding yes. that behavior. Yes. And, uh, and uh, cool. it's cool that the behavior has changed. So it used to be cold calls, per, yeah. th- show up at the office park and yeah. look at the thing and but it's not you don't it doesn't need to be that way but sometimes we get we get yes. lost back into that default mechanism yep. of i, I got to make calls yep. well it's, there's other ways to do it yes. but still whatever you're doing if you're not doing it consistently it's not producing That's any right. benefits at yeah, all for sure. i had one that yeah. I, I won't go into detail about but as he was as we were talking about this one came to me and that is the the skill of orchestration is the ability to go into a company and understand that there's probably more than one person who will make a decision. Yep. And how do you no, get to good. those people yeah. and orchestrate it so that, that is. At, at some point at the end of the process, everybody's on board yes. and kind of moving in the same direction, yeah. amoeba-like. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's rare because we end up we end up calling on one person, and then we find out we're not calling on the right person. And then we're afraid to say, well, I need to talk to the CEO. What that's are you right. going to say? You're going over me. I'm pissed. And really, it's, it has to do with your inability to orchestrate That's the good. entire deal. So, That's right. But it gets back to your idea of becoming aware, keenly yes. aware, not just of what you're doing, but the broader picture around yeah. you yeah, and yeah. who impacts that. That's good. Yeah, That's good. Uh, so I, I take it that since you handed me this, that that does it for today's episode. <laughs> if you haven't downloaded a free copy of the Ultimate Pregame audio program, 
surely by now everyone's done. What do we have? A hundred thousand of those things out? Not quite, but hey, go do that right now. Go do it. Go to ultimatepregame.com. You'll thank us later for doing that. Uh, we want to hear from you. We like to involve our listeners, as you heard earlier. Email us at listener at advancedsellingpodcast.com. You can send us an audio problem. We like to play audio mailbag things. Uh, so if you have one of those, do that. Uh, and if you've not joined the LinkedIn group, go there. We're at about 6,000, a little over 6,000 people now. Uh, advancedsellingpodcast.com slash LinkedIn. We will see you there. That's it. See you next time in the latest episode of the Advanced Selling Podcast. <laughs>